This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast. a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game i am your host ajit and today i have my co-host giri joining me hi giri hi ajit how is it going well things are good off the field but uh, we've uh, heard a couple of really jolting news from the cricketing world have you kept track of this yeah i think we had legendary wicketkeeper rod marsh passing away mm-hmm. today on mm-hmm. the day of this recording right so he had a heart issue i heard 3 4 days ago and he was in a medically induced coma mm-hmm. unfortunately he passed away and we were just trying to recover from that news and then we had yeah i think we had another jolt to the system basically big mm-hmm. news right the famous shane keith won passed away uh, apparently in uh, in thailand um, very very shocking I, i still can't digest this bit of news indeed look a legend of our times and of our generation right to me rod marsh had already stopped playing even before i was born more or less so i know of him i have seen his videos but shane warne is somebody i grew up idolizing i dare say i became a leg break bowler more because of warne and less because of kumble if i must be truthful to see that somebody like him cut down in his prime just 52 it's a very very unfortunate occurrence yeah he has had his shares of ups and downs in his life right so he probably has seen the highs of highs and the lows of lows as to say so just the way that he passed away right so he, uh, it's just 52 is still i think such a young age for uh, for somebody who was a career sportsman i think career athlete right so he he did well when he was playing for his country and for the franchises right so he was a born winner i have to say i mean he had some special skill natural ability and all that but off the field i think i really enjoyed his commentary <laughs> is his unusual way of uh, you know uh, basically describing the ongoings in a cricket match <laughs> sometimes with a lot of embellishments uh, and i happened to read his uh, autobiography i think 5 6 months ago no spin mm-hmm. very aptly titled right um this was an audiobook so i i heard the audiobook um mm-hmm. it's captivating i think it's a very nice uh, book as well uh, but he describes a lot of things that happened in this book very candidly i think uh, you when you read that you you understand the kind of personality that was behind the name uh, shane one um yeah quite amazing actually uh, somebody who had a who broke his legs as a kid uh, who was on a wheelchair uh, for nearly a year apparently in his childhood and then you know when he was on a wheelchair he was moving around on a wheelchair using his bare hands to you know basically rotate the wheels like people on wheelchair do apparently that strengthened his arms strengthened his uh, palms very much and he suspected back then that that helped him um spin the ball a bit more give that extra bit of rip as a leg spinner um but yeah i mean lot of memories lots and lots and lots of memories of watching him bowl i think i i never got a chance to see him play uh, in front of me in live in a cricket stadium but we lost oh, i mean i watched a lot of cricket matches where he played uh, i also remember watching that famous ball of the century old trafford ashes debut very first ball that he bowls 
him like, a wonderful drift through the air <laughs> my getting you didn't know what hit him basically um so many great memories and sachin tendulkar smashing him <laughs> everywhere uh, i think it was way back in 99 if i'm not wrong when australia visited and then him missing out um on the eve of 2003 world cup he was found to have a banned substance in his system apparently a diet pill given to him by his mom um caused that havoc and then he had he was banned from cricket for a year uh but he did win the world cup i think in 99 so he was a winner and Absolutely. i think we we speak of shane one a lot i think in our uh, chat outside of this podcast also we speak a lot about uh, shane one and one of the things you keep you keep telling me is he is probably one of the best captain captains australia never had right so he never captained the australian cricket team in test cricket absolutely look yeah i, I was quoting someone else there when i told you that and also as a bowler the theater that he produced the you couldn't take your eyes off the action when he was on the field the way he mm-hmm. bowled basically he intimidated everybody from the batsman to his own keeper to the umpire and got his way right when he was on the field and look we might talk about all of these theater and performance attributes but as a spinner he was really beyond compare because you have murli who's i must say a freak of nature but this guy with no special body attributes was able to still rise well above the craft so this was a craft that was sort of uh, you know uh, on the vein but people like abdul kader and el shiva ramakrishnan sort of kept it alive and kept it going and people like kader i must say even you know gave it that much extra but then when he arrived on the scene and then all him along with kumble really took it to the next level where he's he was a classic spinner he was a guy who completely relied on drift loop spin right mm. he he may talk of you know delivering six different kinds of deliveries in in an over yeah. but that was again part of a lot of that was theater but at the end of the day i have witnessed multiple spells live where you know in a spell of 8 hours 10 hours he wouldn't bowl a bad ball not one short ball not one ball hitable and mm. the opposition would simply crumble under that pressure because somebody really worthy would also be bowling from the other end and so look these are all great things great great champion cricketer he's won the world cup he's won the ashes he's won single handedly games and series by himself right without a doubt to get to 750 wickets as well and then well as you correctly said his captaincy attributes continued to be brought to the fore wherever he was seen right he had a very colorful career off the field and unfortunately that probably prevented him from taking over as the captain of australia but nonetheless he came out and won the first ipl with rajasthan royals and he was a wonderful mentor wonderful coach i dare say as a coach probably his best days were still ahead of him uh, you know a couple of uh, stints down the line you may have seen him take over as an australian coach and maybe win trophies for australia as a coach again right so all of this sort of got left out so first of all our condolences to his family and his uh, close friends who have uh, you know suffered such a bereavement and overall our condolences to australian cricket fans and australia cricket because they've lost two big stalwarts so first to lose rod marsh and within 24 hours to lose one such a big blow yeah i think condolences all to, to all the cricket fans out there um i think we all enjoyed watching shane one bowl and think um although i sometimes used to you know dislike the way he bowled or dislike the way he used to run through the opposition there was always um, admiration for his craft and 
leg spin as you keep saying you know it's a very difficult art it's very difficult to control uh the the bowling i mean it's 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 a very difficult craft and for somebody to do that 700 odd wickets um in such a long period uh, amazing achievement i mean we should all remember for him for his records and for what he brought um to the cricketing stage not just on the field but off it yeah it's a sad day for all of us um life must go on but i hope he has inspired the next generation of you know boys and girls to pick up the art of leg spin and you know um and um, basically do well in world cricket so yeah well <laughs> i don't know what else to say to that after that well i i dare say the one above probably wanted a good leg break bowler having acquired a good keeper recently right that can yeah. happen too but uh, it's very unfortunate that uh, maybe you know we could have heard him uh, on and off the field and uh, it would have been nice so anyway um that's a bit of a sad way to start the podcast off but i think we should get uh, back to the cricketing uh, events on the field so before we come to the ongoing uh, test matches one test match i would like to discuss is the second test between new zealand and uh, south africa that was held in christchurch a very very vibrant test sort of the qualities that make south african team really really worth watching came to the fore and they really proved themselves by bouncing back to take that test so look first test was lost and it was one down and they were in danger of surrendering a very proud record they have against new zealand they have never lost a test series against new zealand home or away so in this case they were in a real danger of surrendering this record but then they bounced back in a wonderful way so a lot of credit to dean elgar and the south african uh, management and backroom staff because first of all to give somebody like sarel erwe a game in such a crucial point in the series and then backing him to come good right so it started right away in the very first day where dean elgar himself along with sarel erwe laid down the platform and with decent amount of contributions right through there wasn't another 50 after these two but there was enough contributions that saw south africa to 364 right again a lot of good old school cricket batting so if you see they've lasted 133 hours to make 364 which is not very common these days this is more old school right so it was a real tug of war where new zealand wouldn't give them easy runs but south africa wouldn't give them wickets right everybody who came in put a price on their wicket and even though you know matt henry kyle jamison and uh, even colin de grandhome and uh, neil wagner were quite penetrative uh, teams how they appeared like a little bit anodyne but nonetheless they combated them comfortably and 133 hours is a lot of time to take that also means you know your opposition is tired when they go into bat and that showed because new zealand were in danger themselves they had subsided to 5 for 91 and from that point on if darrel mitchell and colin de grandhome had not played it would have become a really one sided game if new zealand had subsided to anything under 200 for example it would have become that much easier so here again kagisor abada and marco jansen stand up kagisor abada is a champion bowler but marco jansen it's very tough to believe he's just in his second test series it looks like he's just born to bowl fast and born to bowl in test matches so sometimes uh, having a contract with somebody like mumbai indians and maybe you know having to spend certain amount of his focus on the shortest format for me it gives me a little bit of a worry as a test match fan but we'll probably park that for today a special word of mention for that 100 from colander grandhome right an unbeaten 120 scored at a strike rate of more than 75 and a very patient 60 from dalal mitchell without these two it would have been really really one sided but 
with this having done again south africa had to bat a lead of no more than you know about 70 72 but fantastic batting again by kyle verrain and the lower order so again south africa were sort of in a little bit of a bother because at 5 414 if they had lost their tail a bit quickly it could very well be that maybe new zealand had like 250 260 to chase and it could have been a even sort of a contest but the way they batted on the fourth morning where you know kyle verrain went on to make a beautiful 136 i dare say a career setting up 136 along with some good contributions from vian mulder and kagisora bada and everybody contributed everybody spent time with him that's the most important thing i saw there right so that basically meant new zealand were now having to chase the world record target to win the test and even though devon conway fought and he had some support from tom blundell and you know a bit from the lower order it was not enough they lost this game comfortably and south africa drew the series it must be said so i think with a couple of key players missing new zealand would be a bit disappointed kiri yeah i think they missed his their captain regular captain kane williams his presence would have actually made a huge difference i would say um coming back to south africa actually um we were discussing this off air and then you mentioned um that you know the the test series they had against india the first match the way they lost it in one of their strong grounds actually which was at uh, gauteng pretoria after the after that loss they have been on a very good run right so they won the uh, the next two test matches they also won the limited over series against india so they have been they, they are a team who are on the on the way up i have to say and i was actually a bit surprised that they lost so badly in new zealand in the first test match but that was sort of expected because new zealand is a very difficult uh, country to play test cricket in and most of the teams that go there are <laughs> greeted with green wickets and generally south african team has a good bowling lineup has always had a good fast bowling lineup so i was expecting them to do well but probably it took them one match to acclimatize to the conditions so the south africa have beaten world number 2 right india were world number 2 when they beat, beat india and now they have beaten also the world number 1 so this is very good news um and i am a south african cricket fan i've said this also in multiple episodes before especially because they have such a good fast bowling lineup and uh, talking about marco johnson he's 2.06 meters tall so 6.7 6.8 almost curtly ambrose mold i mean is not so powerful i would say but he delivers the ball from such a great height <laughs> um and at a very rapid pace i have to say so there is a long career ahead of ahead for him so he's only 21 22 i'm hoping even if he plays 70 to 80% of the amount of matches that the other giant gentle giant South Africa had Morden Markle. Uh, Morden Markle, if he can play that much, I think they're, they're looking at 300 plus, 400 plus wickets there. So I'm hoping South Africa will do well. Of course, Kahir Sorabada is uh, up to the challenge again. He's he's on a good run again, right? So he's picking up nearly eight, nine wickets in a match. It's quite amazing. So yeah, he's now picking. I think uh, he's taken over completely as the leader of the attack, if if ever there was any doubt. Um, and may I hope. that he climbs to the heights that um, one of our favorite bowlers dale stein uh, did once so yeah things are looking up for south africa i'm very pleased indeed look the fighting spirit that we got to see in south african team is really really heartening because this is what defined them after their comeback to the international cricket this is what defined south africa through the years and under smith they were able to take it to the next level i dare say under somebody like elgar who we are told never minces words and 
never uh, you know hesitates to call a spade a spade and so on so it's very nice to see that uh, no nonsense attitude being mm-hmm. imbued through the generations of cricketers and even the new cricketers that come appear like a little bit of a hardened mentally hardened individuals and that's very nice to see and at the end that's what comes through in the way they play as well uh, apparently they are also poor travelers and they apparently give away the first test easily very much like uh, indian teams but great to see them bounce back take the series as you rightly said they have beaten both the finalists of the world test championship the re- recent uh, cycle so nicely done by them now uh, moving on if you were to take a look at the two tests that have started today so the first of these tests was the india versus sri lanka test so you know uh, there is a cliche whenever india were uh, are bored in their home season they invite sri lanka for a series and so on however uh, nobody can take sri lanka sri lankan test team led by dimuth karuna ratna lightly they are full of these maverick players and a few very steady performers the captain himself is a very steady performer and i dare say this indian team would never take any test team for granted let alone sri lanka so the series started with a lot of anticipation having uh, a new captain and a relatively new coach at the helm right so rohit sharma is officially taken over as the captain of india in all formats and it was great to see him first of all lead india to a 3-0 victory in t20s another thing we got to see is the comeback of ravindra jadeja that happened during the t20s and uh, he was well managed through those games so that he got as much batting and bowling as possible so that he was ready for uh, the test match series that are to come in the home season so then we get to the first test and india win the toss and chose to bat so it's it's sort of expected that's what you would do whoever would win the toss would bat and india india had a good start right so you had the captain rohit sharma himself walking out with mayank agarwal with kl rahul injured mayank agarwal the incumbent with uh, his skipper sri lanka started a bit waywardly and india were able to post a 50 run score within the first 10 overs already and they had even lost rohit sharma to that score so rohit sharma fell to a pull pull trap set for him by uh, kumara so i think you were very impressed looking at how kumara bowled today giri yeah not just today but also in the limited over series he was bowling high 140s right so i think uh, he even hit ishan kishan on the helmet <laughs> and i was quite jaded actually ishan kishan and he he missed last uh, t20 against sri lanka so he has quite a lot of venom but he was also injured i think um so after bowling nine nearly 10 overs he he had to leave the field and he did not take part uh, in uh, any further yeah i think 10 overs he bowled 10 10 and a bit overs um but i'm looking forward to seeing him bowl a bit more i think he has that natural ability to bowl fast sometimes he can be a bit wayward but he hits the ball, bat very hard when somebody plays a shot so yeah but apart from him i think they they do have quite a few uh, utility cricketers if i can call them so uh, so sri lankan team right so they have so many batting all rounders like uh, dhananjay de silva and uh, charit asalanka these two guys they do have these people to roll their arm over so even if somebody like lahiru kumara got injured they can still uh, fill in the place and i was actually surprised to see dhananjay de silva picking up a wicket he was already turning the ball on day 1 and i think there was a patch on the wicket a dry patch apparently on the mohali pitch where the ball was already starting to turn if you pitch the ball up think whose wicket did he pick up it might have been uh, ayer shreyas ayer ayer yeah shreyas ayer yeah he was lbw um, 
playing uh, stuck i think he was trapped on the crease almost mm-hmm. yeah until then stress stress air was playing quite well yeah it looked like a very good partnership again just like between uh, virat kohli and hanuma vihari also the partnership between rishabh pant and uh, stress air but unfortunately nobody got to three figures india is still in a very good position i have to say 300 and nearly 360 runs on day one this is almost australia like in the mid uh, early 2000s or mid 2010s so it's almost like that i'm also very happy to see that angelo matthews is playing uh, in the test squad again i think he's now playing mostly in the test squad for sri lanka so um i was watching a small passage of play where uh, he dived at i believe mid on or mid off to stop a ball and russell arnold was on the commentary at that moment he was sort of interjecting saying uh, you know the whole of sri lanka is holding its breath whenever uh, angelo matthews uh, takes a tumble because he's so injury prone right so he's been on and off the field for quite so long so so with angelo matthews presence i have to say sri lankan batting lineup looks so much stronger now especially uh, now that they don't have uh, um, kusal mendis right so we don't have kusal mendis who i think he's still serving his ban i don't know uh, after that nah uh, he's been rested he's, he's been, been rested. rested is what i heard yeah air quotes okay so looking at the lineup so there, there is a bit of uh, i think instability at the top of the order apart from karuna ratna and tirumanna i think there are a couple of guys who are not so experienced we don't have that the other fernando oshada oshada fernando right so that guy we don't have him we still need to see what happens on day 2 based on that we can uh, predict but it's still a long way to go india could easily score 450 plus now that jadeja is set ashwin is going to throw his bat around so once that happens sri lanka will be yeah in for um yeah i think it'll be in for a tough time if the spin takes um takes effect and uh, india have three spinners right they have ashwin they have jadeja and they also have jayanth yadav and uh, that should be yeah quite a formidable lineup i mean we 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 need to see what happens but uh, i'm expecting a lot of turn on day 3 at least so let's see the day itself was very exciting if you are a test match fan it was a typical boxing uh, round as i always say or a couple of rounds because uh, no team gave up they were punches and counter punches so india built a strong platform 52 and then they lost to hit and then they were 80 for 2 and then they again built another platform between kohli and uh, hanuma vihari and then kohli sort of uh, was dismissed i i think it was a brain fade sort of and then hanuma vihari who was looking a bit antsy he needed a calming steadying voice on the other end but he gave it away so again two more wickets lost at 175 again sort of back in balance but then uh, shreyas ayer was dismissed against the run of play and then it could have again have gone all bad but then there is this special player right rishabh pant who's uh, depends on what he can do on his day and he came out and he took his time must be said he was very cautious initially and even up to a score of 40 or so he was scoring no more than strike rate of 55 60 but then on he motored along and then he finished a very unfortunately bowled by lakmal by a beauty with the second new ball and he finished 96 uh, but as you rightly say jadeja who's back and he set on 45 and ashwin is looking to play his shots there are some runs on offer there so india were really comfortably scoring at more than 4 to an over there was a small dip in the scoring rate and that's when they lost kohli and hanuma vihari so it was very instructive to see if you are a test match fan how the momentum ebbs and flows depending on which team you are following from i think one thing i observed is they were guilty of bowling a lot of no balls sri lankan spinners especially embledonia which is sort of surprising four is 
you could think is not many but for a spinner who's walking up bowling off a six step run up that's a bit too much so something for him to work on between tests i'm sure but a lot of credit should also go to the indian batsmen who continue to attack the spinners you know there is this a dry patch just off a good length for spinners what you correctly mentioned so it's going to be worth watching because i think i remember one ball kept very low and a couple of balls also were sort of showing signs of misbehaving as the game go- goes on and as you rightly say there are some spinners two of them very experienced and another who's a condition specialist in jayant yadav right for india so if they can put anything beyond 450 on the board uh, they'll be in the ascendancy and it'll be up to sri lanka unless sri lanka really put up a good score it might be a really tough game for them but if they do put up a good score even if they were to come anywhere close to 150 runs of indian score i think it's going to be a very fascinating game because the second innings will be short innings because by then i expect after the third day the pitch would have broken up and the spinners will be fully in control of the game so it's going to be very crucial so let's say the first couple of hours tomorrow uh, will be very crucial so i'm very curious and i'm looking forward to it yeah i hope they had sangakara jayawardhan and jayasurya you know if they were in the team they could go on and then even matching their score but with the kind of batting lineup they have yeah i think it's it's very difficult instead of vishwa fernando if they had a vas and instead of uh, yeah i don't know murli yeah uh, <laughs> they had a murli then we could all dream right so but <laughs> if i were to talk no but i'm i'm talking more about the sri lankan batting lineup uh-huh. and uh, as i said you know angelo matthews uh, he's the key there if he's in form and uh, he, yeah we, we we do you remember that see, that famous knock he and uh, kusal mendis played at uh, i think it was in new zealand they mm-hmm. saved a match absolutely absolutely weren't they following on i don't remember if they were following yes they on. were i think it's it was in england as well but i think they may have multiple instances of this you're right yeah so the so he has that capability right so if he switches on yeah we will all love his cricket you know test cricket fans will like that Uh, look, he's near the fag end of his career, if I might be frank about it. So he knows he doesn't have way too many tests in the kitty. So with what he has, he'll look to convert it, maybe make a few good scores and contributions for his team. Angelo Matthews. Yeah, one last hurrah, I would say. You never know. Or a few. Yeah, indeed. You're right. So a lot to look forward to as this test goes on, right? And it's the beginning of a fascinating uh, home series for uh, home season for India as well. So let's see how that uh, pans out. Going on to the next test... the other test which started an hour or so and about 450 kilometers away was the test between uh, pakistan and australia so this is this is an interesting game it was sort of a difference in approach all, almost from the outset from the way the two teams chose their 11s gave you an idea right so pakistan had a very traditional approach where they chose um, norman ali uh, sajid khan as the spin pair iftikhar ahmed as a spinning all rounder right and you had two very fast men shahin shafridi who sort of a star and nasim shah who sort of a, still an unknown and an unproven quantity right and then you have a solid top order with babar azam fawad alam and uh, azhar ali in the middle unfortunately abid ali is uh, on the sidelines because of a heart issue and we really hope he comes back soon but until then Im- imam ulha got a chance and how he's used the chance right he's converted it to his first test 100 and laid a really really strong platform so pakistan finished the day on 245 for 1 uh with you know both the other batsmen contributing shafiq uh he looked a bit antsy towards the end but 44 was a very good start they gave a solid platform and then azhar ali sort of took his time very pujara like didn't care too much about uh, going after the bowling or you know getting a move on but made sure he occupied time as well as you know uh, scored the runs so very well done that's when i see the contrast of how probably australia are still sort of in a 
late 90s early 2000s hangover those teams that used to travel pakistan they seem to have some sort of a memory where you know one or two really good bowlers were enough there is a huge difference when one or two of those bowlers are magrath and wan versus with all due respect right the current lineup mm. because this lineup looked like it was playing in australia look at the bowling it's pat cummins mitchell stark josh hazelwood and nathan lyon these were the four bowlers who played for australia in their last test versus england mm. that is still acceptable you have a solid top order you have usman khwaja david warner marlas uh, labushkagne and smith and travis head who has proved himself all this is good then comes my issues you have cameron green who's a fast bowling all rounder but uh, he's a decent number 6 now i think they just wanted to continue with him uh, to give him continuity but then i think they may have gone wrong here and they could have chosen ashton agar ahead of uh, cameron green or maybe even give mitchell stark one test but let him rest and give another game for swepson the leg break bowler yeah i mean just look at their scorecard and all the bowlers that they have used right so the four frontline bowlers like you said stark hazelwood line and cummins cummins <clears throat> didn't open with a new ball surprisingly so that's that's a bit weird for me anyway they they've used cameron green but they've also used three part timers part time spinners travis head labushain probably with his leg break and also steven smith the vice captain um so that that really tells you a story so they they are spinner short they're trying to fill that space in with uh, three part timers also probably waiting for the new ball you know they employ the tactic doesn't matter i think they are a, a spinner short yeah probably a wrong uh, team selection as you said but you know they have not considered a hell lot of runs like sri lanka did against india Uh, in the other match so they have only considered 245 runs i know they have just lost one wicket pakistan it could all change let's look at the morning session maybe the first star if pakistan play you know patiently and without taking too many risks they they might be you know uh, going up here uh, from that point onwards if australia pick up a couple of wickets or even three wickets before um, the lunch break things can still change maybe they'll Pakistan will score 350 and they will lose all the wickets and Australia will come out to bat and maybe it's a good batting track afterwards so let's see i mean it's it's still a long way to go it's just one day of the test match right day one so look what you say makes sense but for me i can't see pakistan throwing it away from you know 1 for 245 to you, know, you never know i indeed but the other thing that i can tell you is this pakistan still plays sort of a a format of tests that they used to successfully use to beat everybody who they used to uh, you know play with in uae so the test match builds slowly it starts slowly up until the end of the third day it's sort of setting it up and then suddenly events start accelerating and accelerating and there's a boom at the end the last two sessions or three sessions there's a lot of things happening so i expect that's how this test match might go australia might think they have not considered a lot of runs the way the pitch appeared it appeared sort of good for both batting and bowling and there was no alarming turn but you could see that this pitch would start breaking up and start turning from day 3 onwards or day 4 onwards so batting first and putting 245 for one on the board pakistan are in a very very strong position i dare say even if they were to just get to 350 australia will have their task cut out they'll have to make sure they're really really close to pakistan in their first inning score otherwise even a, a lead of 70 80 pretty much like the other game we discussed india sri lanka could be very very crucial for whichever team that gets there if you are a test match fan and especially you might be in a different time zone but both these test match start with the right amount of stagger 
so that once the india test starts there is no loss of cricket there is enough stagger to make sure the breaks are covered beautifully so you are sort of taken care for the next 9 hours or so if you love test match cricket so as i tweeted uh, in the morning you know my cup run at over so you can basically d- during the session breaks there is another test match that's going on so you can fill in those breaks with uh, additional test cricket right so absolutely only only disappointment i have is i couldn't find any australian channel covering this game so i could actually watch the indian game and listen to the australian pakistan game i even tried a couple of pakistani uh, radio channels with, on which there is usually a cricket related discussion or a cricket commentary but i couldn't find that so i'm still curious uh, maybe it'll be available tomorrow that's my favorite way of watching or following cricket right so one to watch and the other to listen and i'm in heaven now uh, those were the let's say key games we wanted to discuss if you were to discuss some of the off field news so the first one is the world cup t20 qualifiers right that was ongoing it was a very nice tournament because in this case uh, ireland and uae have qualified and uh, nepal and oman had also made it to the semi finals but uh, they couldn't make it to the final so in this case we congratulate uae and ireland and we await them in the 2022 men's t20 world cup later in australia outside of this uh, india women's player vr vanita has retired from all forms of cricket and uh, well it came as no surprise because she's not been in the indian women's teams for a while we wish her all the best at 31 she has a long very fruitful life ahead of her we wish her all the best in her second innings maybe she takes up uh, coaching maybe she takes up something to do with commentary maybe she decides to step away from cricket we don't know what she will do but we wish her all the best some other news this is sort of uh, something close to your own heart ramiz raja has given a provisional go ahead for a women's psl from 2023 kire do you think uh, you know pakistan's cricket board might uh, steal a march on their uh, indian counterparts and they may stage a successful psl even while uh, your friends in the bcci sit about contemplating i don't know what my friends are doing in bcci because i don't have any friends over there but i can at least tell you that if this goes on like this we might probably have a psl first before a women's ipl happens i think they are still weighing in all the options probably they are looking more at the commercial side of things i think this needs to happen this needs to happen on apl we've been talking about it for far too long in my opinion and i thought mr ganguly would make a change here he'll make a difference after he became the president but it's still taking a bit too long i think the pandemic probably set us back for a couple of years now that we are seemingly emerging out of it apparently we could uh, well be um, in for something but uh, 2023 psl means you know i have not seen any announcement for 2022 ipl women's ipl so if <laughs> bcci doesn't hold it and also looking at the calendar usually psl happens before the ipl starts usually in the winter months so this might be the first in the subcontinent well all in all good news for uh, yeah. women's cricket in subcontinent and everywhere yeah. so we hope this was long due though you know i be, i think we had that big bash for women's uh, big bash uh, already for women and uh, this is the right thing to do i think uh, they should well, also do it in england in my opinion england also do it right they have their own uh, both 100 as well as their own uh, yeah. flagship t20 tournament so we really hope you know this comes through and there is a successful women's psl held shortly now if you were to discuss a couple of other news related to indian cricket so you have ipl 2022 you know the seedings and a new format being announced 
so basically there are two groups of five teams each and they'll play up to 14 games each team and there is some inter group play as well as uh, intra group play and there are seedings which have been announced based on historical uh, results from the teams that are already there and two new teams have been introduced this year so some very interesting cricket to look forward to if you are an ipl fan even if you are a little bit of a jaded fan like some of us here might be there's something to look forward to because they are going to uh, introduce some place where teams will face each other after a certain part of the ipl let's say preliminary matches are already underway so you will also probably get a chance to determine whom you will face based on how you have been doing so far and the seedings are sort of very indicative of you know mumbai with five uh, trophies and chennai with uh, four trophies are the top two seeds there are no surprises i was surprised at how high rcb finished in the seedings but uh, well that's for me and uh, you know as i say my eternal hope as to how rcb might perform all in all something to look forward to if you are an ipl fan giri no no you mentioned rcb why did you have to do that why not yeah look at their squad man they don't have a captain yet they they have chosen fafty plessy right somebody who can captain uh, kohli that's what i said that's what i meant by saying they don't have a captain yet mm-hmm. anyway that's probably another discussion it's worth having another discussion but we don't do ipls that much so let's see <laughs> yeah all right moving on the last bit of news that we wanted to discuss is the new men's contract the indian men's contracts the central uh, contracts for the year of 2021 2022 did you see that hardik dhawan and ishant have been demoted so they have been moved down from grade a grade b to grade c any surprises there for you uh not at all i'm i'm a little bit uh, disappointed about shikhar dhawan's demotion but he's probably on towards the end of his career so he's with uh, ishan sharma but i think hardik pandya is no surprise at all he has been on the way and he has been unfit mm-hmm. uh, he's had a lot of issues i think uh, he, he was not a regular in the squad anyway so i don't know when he last played i think it was last year he might have played one of those series i think limited over series probably against sri lanka uh, even the world cup right he also played in the t20 world cup and he was also touted into bowl a little bit never looked fit so yeah he might probably finish his cricketing career at the ipl there i say i hope it doesn't come down to that for him but uh, he's at least a captain now of a new ipl team should be good what i found also normal is of course you know rahane and uh, pujara have been dropped from the test squad so they have been also demoted right so that's also quite expected i couldn't find ishan kishan's name in that list so i don't know what sort of a contract he has with uh, bcci is he a freelancer <laughs> i don't know how uh, they accommodate him in that uh, setup but it's probably there lost in that list in some way no 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 he's uh, he's probably having a retainer sort of a contract because he's not uh, always a regular in the squads and he mostly mm-hmm. plays only t20s right he's sort of a backup top order player in the t20s so i think he's been given a retainer one of the names for me that surprising omission was kuldeep yadav so he as recently as the odis versus west indies he played some games for india uh very surprising to see maybe he's been given a retainer as well and navdeep saini whose star was pretty much on the rise as of 2020 and 2021 is completely missing from this list mm. but the rest of the list sort of appears very predictable and you know what we can expect maybe some of these players in the upcoming years make uh, themselves a chance to move up people like hanuma vihari mayank agarwal shubman gill right vridhiman sai is still retained he's in uh, grade c i think he spoke out Uh, when he was not retained in the india squad because 
in the squad that plays uh, sri lanka he did not find a place and i think he had a tough chat with his coach rahul dravid where the message was passed on that uh, you know mm-hmm. age might be against him and so on so it's a bit it's a bit tough to see when a good player is shown the door whether he likes it or not but i think this i i really appreciate this as sort of a professional step in the way indian uh, men's cricket is evolving because we sort of tend to idealize our players and heroes and uh, give them farewell series and tests and so on uh, this is a more uh, pragmatic approach where uh, what suits the team and what is best for the team will always take precedence over an individual player's career even i dare say so when he spoke out i understand him saha and uh, i think rahul dravid also came uh, to his uh, defense and said as a player he's allowed to have his disappointments but as a set of people who determine which way the team is going probably he has to take these hard calls him and the selectors what do you think yeah i think especially the tone of rahul dravid was interesting there he came out in public and then said that he wanted to give rudiman saha the clarity out of respect because he has served indian cricket he wanted to come clean with him and then he shared with him the plan apparently already in south africa so this was always on the cards and then just after the announcement there was some controversy right so some twitter message being shared some journalist who was not named you know making accusations and stuff like that so yeah it probably needs a bit of time for saha to you know settle down he will have that ipl right and once he finishes the ipl they'll probably see what to do with him and india i think are not playing a lot of test cricket this year anyway so they are not playing so much they are more focusing on the limited overs there's another t20 world cup coming up and then next year there'll be a 50 over world cup right so so more of white ball cricket and saha has never been part of white ball cricket so mm-hmm. it's quite natural yeah but apart from that yeah i think it's also down to the the vision of the new captain as well uh, along with the coach so rohit sharma probably also taking some tough calls there um it's also probably the reason why we saw pujara and uh, rahane dropped from the test squad against uh, sri lanka I don't know if Virat Kohli would have done the same had he been the captain because mm-hmm. Virat Kohli always liked to have his deputy Rahane in the squad apparently because they were given a lot of chances and uh, this management doesn't do that anymore so yeah I mean Rohit Sharma himself is approaching 35 so there's probably not a lot of cricket left in him as well so he's doing his best to build the team for the future once somebody I don't know who the next captain will be could be one of Rishabh Pant or Bumrah or whoever it is will be able to take it forward and uh, scale new heights indeed so for me yes rishabh pant could be the incumbent uh, he might be made a vice captain but i dare say they might invest in somebody like jasprit bumrah who's already in and around the setup for a while and is currently the vice captain uh, we hear a lot about his you know his talks as a leader and the way he communicates and the way he you know he leads it's very nice to see that i dare say even somebody like washington sundar uh, rishabh pant right these people are the future when it comes to leadership for india do they have any pedigree uh, in captaincy like uh, in under 19 were they captains rishabh pant or washington sundar i don't remember them i don't think so but then look even people like shreya sair have been backed with not a lot of uh, previous uh, captaincy experience also people like michael won you get a you get a feeling about a player whether he's capable of leading a team almost instinctively mm. he, whether he has the force of personality or Mm-hmm. and whether it translates into him or her sort of leading a squad effectively right every culture has its own way of choosing its leaders mm. 
So England has a different approach from Australia from Pakistan from India. <laughs> Let's sure. not talk about England. I think England uh, well they have some soul searching to do anyway after that uh, mm. hiding but coming back to the captaincy role again I think it's becoming sort of fashionable these days to have a fast bowling captain <laughs> like Pat Cummins. It might as well happen with Indian cricket team you never know. With Bumrah. I think we've We've just come through one fad of wicketkeepers being captains. Uh, we might as well return to it in a couple of uh, years. Yeah. Who knows? Let's see. All right. Uh, those are all the news we wanted to discuss in today's episode. Thanks a lot once again, Giri. Uh, I've missed your company and it's great to have you back on the episode. Yeah, glad to be back as well and uh, enjoyed the banter. And um, yeah, I still feel a bit gutted with uh, one's, uh, Shane Wan's demise, but uh, I'll need a few few days i think to get over it yeah it's still a shock to the system absolutely absolutely and uh, i'm right there with you thanks a lot to all our listeners and we wish you a good day wherever you're listening from that's a goodbye from me that's a goodbye from him bye bye this is the armchair cricket podcast <laughs>